Do, do, do. Okay. The tyranny is expanding all over the globe, folks. Uh, actually, it has been all over the globe for a couple of centuries now. But uh, the assault on the white race by these expansionists, by the global elite, the of course, the international Jew, the Zionists, and, the, and their corporations is just getting out of hand. And uh, I'm feeling it's going to collapse eventually. So we just have to ride out the storm, riding the storm out. Okay, how are you today, Michael? Thank you, Eli. Yeah. I'm feeling very good here in a pretty sunny Sweden. So I've been, um, before I joined you, I was out laying out and reading um, a very interesting book. So I've been having a good time. Yeah, very good. Very now, good. Uh, and uh, now, so uh, which book, which book have you been reading? So, something oh, about uh, now I'm re- Israel? I'm re- True Israel? Yeah, it's about, um, no, it's about the art of war, uh, Caesar and the art of war. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. They, they, was they, one of the beasts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Caesar's motto was, if you can't, if you can't, uh, don't have the money to buy it, take it. <laughs> right? That's why they invaded Britain, <laughs> to gain control of the tin mines, so they didn't have to buy it anymore, right? So they could just steal it. All right, so today we're going to continue. Uh, this is the second part of the descendants of Abraham and Keturah. A very uh, fascinating article, and we're going to be talking, uh, starting at the area called the Early Arabs. But first, I want to read a section of the Scythian descendants of, uh, this is HebrewNations.com, and this is run by a Jew, but he teaches that the Jews are Judah, but we know that's false. But he, on the other tribes, he's actually very good. <laughs> so, but he's got to throw that in there to, uh, you know, make sure that the Jews are considered to be one of the tribes of Israel. Okay. And uh, I put the link in the chat room, a uh, map of Israelite migrations, including those of the Scythians to Western Europe. And I'm just going to quote uh, a brief section, haplogroup R1b, okay? And this uh, R1b is uh, the primary, and R1a is the R haplogroup. And the Jews don't have much R1 uh, or 1b or 1a. They're, uh, they have different haplogroups such as G, and I forget what the other one is. But we could talk about that on another time. Anyway, most frequently occurring paternal lineage in Western Europe. It is the most frequent. This is our R1B. It is the most frequently occurring paternal lineage in Western Europe, as well as some parts of Russia. Uh, for example, the Bash- Bashkir minority 
and Central Africa, Chad, Cameroon. It would also be northern uh, northern Africa, where the, uh, the the white people live across the face of, of the Mediterranean. There, Africa and Mediterranean, uh, the Berbers, for example. The clade is also present at lower frequencies throughout Eastern Europe, Western Asia, as well as parts of North Africa and Central Asia. R1B has two primary branches. Uh, they're very long, I won't read them, which predominates in Western Europe. And R1B1A, which is common in Central Africa, are both subclades of R1B. So our ancestors migrated south along the Nile River and uh, established uh, ports down there. In fact, one of the the Ethiopians look very much white. Their their, uh, skeletal structure is very much white, although they're uh, obviously today very much mixed with the Africans. So let's continue. So, uh, the, uh, it has been found in Bahrain, Bhutan, Ladakh, Tajikistan, Turkey, and Western China. So we see that these are the migrations of the white race, okay, especially the, uh, the Scythians. The Scythians got around. According to ancient DNA studies, R1A and the majority of R1B would have expanded from the Caspian Sea, Okay, where we, uh, our ancestors migrated north through the Caucasus Mountains and from the, uh, the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, along with the Indo-European languages. Okay, along with the Indo-European languages, because who carried those languages to Europe? Our people, the sons of Keturah. Okay, primarily. Origin and dispersal. Genetic studies performed since 2015 have revealed that the Yamna culture, thought to have spoken some stage of Proto-Indo-European, carried R1B. R1B must have arisen relatively soon after the emergence of R1. Early human remains found to carry R1B include several males from the Iron Gates Mesolithic in the Balkans, several males of the Mesolithic Kunda culture and Neolithic Narva culture buried in the Zvezhniki burial ground in modern-day Latvia, etc. Oh, modern-day Ukraine, Russia, etc. And, of course, Western Europe. So, uh, the your uh, the primary bell beaker uh and uh, other cultures of uh eastern europe are primarily r1b okay so r1b and r1a are the primary uh, uh haplogroups of the scythians all right which would uh, encompasses pretty much the entire white race from eastern to western europe so i just want to bring that up so to find out you know where we're at uh, genetically with regard to the sons of Keturah. Okay, so, uh, you were talking about the, uh, descendants of Abraham and Keturah, uh, and I have here the origin of the name Arab, but you wanna, we wanna talk about the early Arabs, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's okay. where we left off. We're a yeah. bit into the article, but I think we start from um, early Arabs. We, because I don't think those uh, those couple of verses, a uh, paragraph we can read. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, just for those in the chat room, the uh, you open the document about the uh, de- uh, descendants of Abraham and Keturah, and scroll down to early Arabs. That's about uh, a quarter of the way down. Okay. Over to you. 
Yes. So, the earliest Arabs are called uh, uh, perishing Arabs, whose history little is known. These were Ad, uh, Tamasam, Yadis, Emlak, and others. The, the son of Ketura fit into this amalgam and are perhaps often misclassed uh, as son of Ishmael or as sons of Yarub bin um, uh, Yashub bin uh, Kathan. Some are certainly from the other sons of Keturah, but draw their names from this founder of the Arabs, who are named uh, for him. See also the t uh, table to the paper, Descendants of Abraham, part 3, Ishmael. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, we we could maybe do that another time, but yeah, uh, most Arabs therefore descend either from Ishmael or from this. Uh, who is the uh, patriarch uh, that he's naming here? Uh, I'm not uh, sure. Yarubin. Yarub. Yarub. Okay. All right. Very good. Back to you. Yes. So thus, the perishing Arabs are older and from less successful tribes, and even from the Canaanites that are also mislabeled uh, Kushites. The Palestinians, for example, are not all the same people and are comprised of at least three groups of genetic diversity. The same holds true for the Lebanese, who are also K2 descendants of Japhethite, um, Tarish, and Semen the allies of the Phoenicians of Tyre and Sidon. The pure Arabs uh, we now know as uh, Cathanian Arabs are from the grandson of uh, Yokshan, son of Keturah, son of Abraham. The prophecy of Ishmael breaking free of his, of his brethren has a uh, new meaning. Ishmael is subjected to the sons of Keturah, uh, we're from the ruling class of the Arabs and will be liberated when Messiah comes. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so he's saying that the uh, the people known as Arabs descended from Abraham and Keturah uh, ruled over the Ishmael branch. Okay, but they pretty much all of them reside uh, resided for a long time in Arabia, and their descendants still reside there, but they are no longer pure blooded. All right, back to you. Yes, um, famous Arab families of the uh, Kathaniate groups can be recognized by the surnames such as uh, Al-Kathani, uh, uh, Al-Arabi, um, uh, Al-Arani, uh, Al-Ghamedei, yeah. Alves, and uh, Kazrai, um, okay. Al-Azari, or Ansar. Um, Aldo Sari, Alex Osas, uh, Mora, um, Alojman, and so on. So you have the AL prefix on uh, large numbers of these uh, catenite groups. Okay, very good. These sons of Eturah did not speak the early forms of Arabic, such as East Ar Aramaic. Instead, they spoke the South Semitic language, such as um, Saubic from uh, Sheba, uh, Minyaic, uh, uh, Kuabanic, Ku and uh, Hedromatic, uh, or, and that is uh, an article Arab on Wikimedia. Wikipedia. 
Okay, never heard of any of these dialects, so this is a very detailed article. All right, back to you. Other groups that reject the label Arab are the um, Berber. The Berbers. uh, They're a combination of Ham and uh, Shem that uh, spread out along the north coast of uh, Africa, along the Mediterranean. And those people, if you look at uh, videos of the Berbers, they're pure white. Okay. But they have, they um, converted. Um, yeah, go ahead. It must be from the Berbers that um, uh, Hannibal came then. It's quite possible, yeah. And uh, a lot, and the Berber dialect is very much like Celtic. So there's uh-huh. a definite, there's a definite racial and again linguistic connection between the Berbers and the British, you know, and, and other Europeans. So no, no doubt about it. Okay, back to you. And many branches of the Lebanese and the Egyptian, both Muslims and Copts, likewise, Kurds, do not define themselves as Arabs. However, some Berbers might also call themselves Arabs. In medieval times, uh, Ibn Khaldun defined as Arab only the nomadic uh, Bedouin, that can trace themselves to one of the original tribes, such as the Saudi Arabians and those of the modern Gulf states. He contrasted this with the urban lifestyles where people were likely to be uh, of uh, Arabized descent. Such distinction is still widely used. On these foundations in 1946, the Arab League defined as Arab as follows. An Arab, a quote, an Arab is a person whose language is Arabic, who lives in an Arabic-speaking country, who is in sympathy uh, with the um, uh, aspirations of the Arabic-speaking peoples. So, quote. so no mention of genetic origin or race whatsoever. It's just a language. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, isn't Arab meaning mixed? Yes. No, actually, it means dark, uh, to become dark. In Hebrew, that's what it means in Hebrew. Okay. Okay. Uh, Our job is to unravel this broad uh, brush picture and trace the origins of the people. Okay. Yeah, let's give it a try. (laughs) Okay. Yes, so religions, before the coming of of Islam, the Arabs were crossed between paganized Arabs and Christianized Arabs. Islam is itself a version of um, Unitarian Christianity, and the founders of Islam were Christians. Really? Wow. Okay. Introduction to the, yeah, introduction to the commentary on the Quran. That would be interesting. All right, back to you. Yeah, because I thought the one that did write uh, with the Quran was there were Jewish uh, Jewish uh, rabbis. Yes, uh, that's Muhammad hired Jewish rabbis to write the Quran. Yeah, but it's quite possible that this was a, what, let's call it a pseudo-Christian area, <laughs> right? But uh, these people were white uh, before Islam. Uh, Islam introduced slavery and brought slaves in from other countries, and that's how they be- became mixed. Back to you. Yes. Um, the most prominent Christian kingdoms were found among the sons of Kichora in the um, Ga, Siand, and Black Hamid kingdoms. Very good. 
Um, some individuals, such as the Hanifs, had adopted a, a monotheism and rejected the polytheism of the paganized Arabs. Uh, these pagans worshipped a number of deities such as uh, Hubal, Wad, Olat, uh, Manat, and Usan. Many were uh, Nestorians, and uh, Prophet Muhammad was allegedly a, a baptized Christian of one uh, sect, uh, where he was seemingly referred to as Abu uh, Kashim before he was baptized into the uh, Unitarian faith of the Churches of God. The term could also have come from the uh, misuse of the term applied incorrectly to the leader of the Church of God. Yeah, so he's applying the term Unitarian to uh, you know this era, which I've never heard applied to this era before. But uh, I guess you could call it, you know, uh, pseudo Christianity <laughs> of the day, right? Practiced by all of these vagabonds, right? And these uh, uh, what do you call it? nomads, nomads and city dwellers. So, and uh, it's pretty obvious if you look at the the facial facial structure of the pre-Islamic and uh, the where when Islam began, you see that these people are white. These are white people, and they had uh, great intelligence. They had great mathematicians. You know, they wrote all kinds of documents. They were very literate uh, c- compared to today, when the vast majority of Arabs are not. Okay, it's kind of a dead culture. It doesn't produce any great literature anymore. Back to you. Okay, thank you. So, modern Muslims are broken into Sunni, uh, Shiti, um, Shiite, uh, oh, yeah. Shiite, yeah. Um, Ibad, and Ismail Maili. Okay, so that's where the Ishmael comes from. Ismaili, okay. Yeah. Some consider the Druze as a Muslim sect. Others do not. And I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've heard of them, but I don't know much about them. Go ahead. Uh, modern Christian Arabs are Coptic, uh, Maronite Nietzsche, Greek Orthodox, or Greek Catholic. The Unitarian faith became absorbed into Islam. Uh, Nestorianism disappeared. Yeah, yeah, Nestorianism. And uh, Nestor is uh, some kind of uh, religious sect uh, begun by a guy named Nestor, right? <laughs> okay, so we're, we're looking at all these different sects because you know, these nomadic people who lived far apart from one another, if they were Christian, as the author says, then they would have all developed local forms of Christianity, which are very difficult to blend together, right? So he's calling it Unitarianism. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, back to you. Okay. Um, some Arabs are also Jews. Yeah, okay, yeah. They mix yep, in everywhere. That's right. Um, in the late 4th century, the Himyarite um, kings were converted to Judaism, and their vassals, the uh, um, Kindits, also converted to uh, Judaism. There is a large section of Ye, Ye, um, Ye, Ne, J1. Yeah, J1 YDNA haplotypes. Yeah. Ah, among okay. both Arabs and Jews. Yes. 
Yeah, now, uh, note that it's J, it's not R. Okay? So the J is, uh, yeah, probably those Arabs that have mixed most with the Jews get this J haplotype and not R as the, uh, Israelite and Scythian haplotype is. All right, back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Soon Islam dominates completely in North Africa, while um, Shia Islam is prevalent in uh, Bahrain, southern Iraq and southern Iran, and adjacent parts of Saudi Arabia, southern Lebanon, parts of Syria, uh, northern Yemen, and all uh, Batinath um, region of Oman. Yeah. What a catastrophe Islam has been <laughs> for for the white race, not to mention everybody else. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Christians make up uh, some 9.2% of the populations of the Near East and 39% of Lebanon and 10 to 15 in Syria. Um, Christians comprise roughly 10% of the Arab, uh, Arab Israeli populations and 6% of the Egyptian population. Uh, two-thirds of Arabs who mig- um, migrate to the Americans and Australia are Christians. Until the pro-Nazi and anti-Jewish actions of the 1930s and 40s, Jews in Iraq and elsewhere consider themselves as Arabs of the Jewish faith. Today, okay, yeah, well, the Jews are the most mixed people on the face of the earth. And you see that they come from everywhere, not from Israel, true Israel, not from the Israel of the Bible. Exactly. Um, Today, Jews Jews such as uh, Misra'i and uh, Yementhi Jews are not considered as Arabs. Um, Before Misra'i was coined as a term, Arab Jews were called uh, Yehudin, um, Aravim, or Arab Jews. The term is rarely used today. Yeah, Yehudin, isn't that very close to the, to the Hebrew yeah. word also? That's right, Yehudin would be uh, of Judah. Yeah, the, yeah. the plural of Yehud, yeah. Yeah, they still want to take that name. Right. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they claim to be us, so they have to impersonate us wherever they go. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, language. The Hebrew Bible refers to the Arvi, or Arabs, in connection with the inhabitants of Syria um, desert and in Arabia, long before the um, Cathanian Arabs of South Arabia merged. Proto-Arabic, which was ancient North uh, Arabian, was not written in Arabic script, but um, in the epigraphic South Arabian Musnad that began in the 8th century BC with the um, Hasaim inscriptions of Eastern Saudi Arabia and the uh, Thamudic texts of Arabia and um, Sinai, which were not Connected with the uh, Thamud. Thamud or Talmud? Is this I'm some not kind sure. Of... Uh, I'll have to look that word up. It's very close to Talmud, but I don't think it's the same. Uh, please continue mm-hmm. while I look that up. Um, Sapphiric inscriptions did not emerge until the 1st century BC. The Nabathean inscriptions are written in Aramaic, but contain many Arab names. 
pre-classical Arabic emerged in the second county by sea uh, from Kuryant um, at Far near uh, Suliyail. Okay, all right. From the yeah, let me interject here. Uh, the word Talmud from Wikipedia. The Talmudic were an ancient Arabian tribe or tribal confederation that occupied the northwestern Arabian Peninsula between the late century, 8th century BC, when they were, uh, when they are attested in Assyrian sources. Okay, so yeah, no relationship to the Talmud. Okay, but back very to you. close, um, very yeah, close that, name. Right. Mm, from the fourth century CE, Mm, we see the emergence of the Christian kingdom of the uh, Lakhamids uh, of southern Iraq and the um, Ghazanids in southern Syria. The Lakhamids allied with the Sassanids Empire and the uh, Ghazanids allied with the Byzantine Empire. Okay, this the, is pre. This um, is pre-Islam. This is pre-Islam, but the uh, the names that, that you're uh, saying here still stem from the uh, you know, Chaldean Mesopotamian area, okay, before the names changed with, with the advent of Islam. Back to you. Yes, um, and that they now... Yeah, they go into allies with the Byzantine Empire, and the, but those are, what do you say, those are, are they considered to be the mixed Arabs, the Maritans are mixed, or are they our kinsmen that yeah, founded uh, those Christian kingdoms? Yeah, I think that, yeah, these, uh, pro, I'm trying to think of a correct word, but Unitarian, <laughs> he, he uses the word Unitarian Christians, which uh, Christianity of all sorts, of all kinds and, and uh, diversions, okay? Uh, but yeah, these people would still be white because there was no influx of slaveries from India, uh, black slaves from southern India and Africa yet. All right, that came with the advent of Islam. Back to you. Okay, thank you. The Kindite Kingdom of Central Arabia allied with the uh, Himerati Empire of South Arabia. These Arabs um, converted to Judaism and had extensive influence across the Red Sea in Africa. Aha, it was okay. this r- rise in power yeah, so they went to Africa on, on trade missions, right, and probably picked up slaves and brought them back, yeah. Yes, it was this rise in power there in the 4th century that saw the reaction of Arab Jews and the Unitarian Christian faith in the 7th century and the rise of Islam. The immense success of Islam saw the Khazars uh, decide to convert to Judaism in the Russian steppes circa 740 CE. Yeah, okay, so it's interesting. It, he's and, detailing the rise of Judaism in Arabia, which uh, you know, I had never heard of before. All right, back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those that are the Jews in, in Arabia must then be the Sephardic Jews then? Yes, they would have been the Sephardic Jews, yes. Yeah. It is important to note that the uh, Quran those do not use the word Arab only, the adjective uh, Arabian, um, where it re- refers to itself as um, clear uh, mu- mubinum, clear book in Arabian, Arabic. 
Okay. Okay, and that's a reference I won't read, maybe. Yeah, hard, um, to, hard to determine what that refers to. What could be a clear, what, what is a clear Arab? <laughs> All right. Clear Bibudum. <laughs> okay. All right, well, please continue. Uh, the prophet says that uh, the clear book was rendered in Arabic so that they might understand. Thus, Arabic became the language of the Arabs from its use in um, okay. the Quran. Okay, so the clear book is uh, kind of like a, a language, the uh, uh, written language of Arabia, I think, is what it's referring to. Okay, all right, I'll look that up as well, see what we can find out. Back to you. Okay. Uh, the terminology used referred to um, sedentary Arabs living in cities such as Mecca and Mia as Arab. The nomadic Arabs or uh, Bedouin were referred to as um, Arab. This term carried a negative uh, connotation from the text in the, in the Quran. The Quran refers to the lost Arabs al-Arab al-Bamida and says that they were lost as a punishment for their idolatry or disbelief. They were thus regarded as the true Arabs, as son of Skitura, while the later northern Arab Arabs included the tribes of Mecca, where the sons of Ishmael, being Arabicide Arabs. This distinction was uh, to lead to real enmity between the northern um, Quays and the southern Kalb, especially in Spain. Huh. The uh, Himerite language, which was um, described by all uh, Hamdani, um, D946, seems to be the North Arabic dialect properly of the um, Quays, which became spoken in South and influenced by Old South Arabic which was a uh, um, Sabian dialect of sons of Keturah. Okay. Arabic thus was spread through Arab, uh, Arabizations on the conquest from France to China. Identifying these groups and tribes is a difficult task. Now back to the sons of Keturah. Okay, so I looked that up. A clear book is simply a reference to the Quran, I guess in terms of its Arabic language. All right, uh, so I looked that up. It just simply refers back to the Quran. All right, back to you. Okay. Now let's see. Yeah, now let's get Me back to Keturah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Midan, the third Keturah sons, uh, Midan, carries a name meaning uh, contention, discord, or strife. He apparently founded a number of northern Arabian tribes. And his name is preserved in the town of Madan, which lies slightly west of south of modern um, Taima. Madan, or Midian, is also mentioned in the inscriptions from the reign of the Babylonian uh, Tiglath Pilsner III from 732 BC, where it is referred to as uh, Badan. The consonants B and M are often interchanged in Arabic and its uh, predecessor Chaldean and Eastern Ara Aramaic. The Medans did not speak Chaldean, but the uh, Assyro-Babylonian did. 
Okay. And Malin was perhaps turning into an Ara- Arabian god under the ancient system of ancestor worship. And Abd al-Madan is commonly seen in the Arab system um, as a family name. This seems, like, uh, this seems also to be linked with uh, Midian, as seen below. Okay, but Midian was a separate son. Let's con- yeah, ne- he's discussed next. Very good. And this um, Midian, that is, I guess, one of the parts in the uh, Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, could be. Yeah, uh, you may be right about that. And, of course, uh, well, he talks about Midian uh, being... Uh, Jethro being a Midianite and uh, the father-in-law of Moses, okay, because he married uh, uh, a daughter of Midian. Okay, back to you. Yes, so Midian, although he was the fourth son of Abraham and Keturah, Midian was the progenitor of perhaps the most important of all six brother tribes. As such, his descendants will be dealt with in greater detail than any any um, of the others. Midian's name means strife, brawling, or contention. <laughs> That's the same as Madan. <laughs> okay. Um, as with his brother Midian. Yeah. Some commentators say that Midian's name may in fact be derived from the Semitic word for judgment. The Midianite tribe were referred to in Egypt and other literature. Potonomy, for example, calls them uh, Modiana. The story of Moses' uh, flight to Midian is provided in Exodus 2. It is also recounted in the Quran at uh, uh, Surah 28, 22-28. See also Act 7.29 and, and Exodus 2.15. So here is an excerpt from um, Exodus 2, 15 until 21. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the um, throat to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to their father, um, Reuel, he said, uh, How is it that you have come uh, so soon today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughter, and where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter, Sipra. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so here Moses is referred to as an Egyptian, right? Because he, he still must have been wearing Egyptian clothing. <laughs> and so they assumed he was an Egyptian. Of course, that's a mistake. He's an Israelite, not an Egyptian. Back to you. Yes, but he was an Egyptian by he was by race in Hebrew. Yes, Sephora um, means a bird. She bore two sons to Moses, Geshom um, meaning exile, and Eliezer meaning God is help, uh, and also reference to First Chronicles twenty three fifteen. 
the incident with Moses and the circumcision of his sons, um, Exodus 4.25, uh, shows a reinforcement of the, act, of the act as performed on Isaac at the eighth day, as it was not done by Moses initially. And Moses was going to be punished for that ne negligence. The term circumcisions and circumcised for father-in-law and son-in-law seems to have entered the Hebrew language without retaining the connotations of which it originally had. And then it's a reference to C Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, Volume 3, page 661 and 62. Uh, the term circumcision is for its use in the Bible in the sense of the uh, future father-in-law and circumcised in the sense of uh, daughter's husband huh. in relation uh, to both the Midianites. Okay. Um, and there's a reference to Exodus 3, 1, 4, 18, 25, yeah. Numbers 10, 25, and Judges 1, 18, and 4, 11. Okay, well, in that episode, it's actually Zipporah who circumcises the son, not, not Moses. Okay, that, that's a very strange uh, episode in Scripture. Uh, back to you. So apparently it's a reference to Zipporah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because she's um, the one who performed the circumcision. All right. Uh, and also the uh, Sodomites. Um, and then it's in Genesis 19, 13, and 14. Thus, we can infer the circumcision was performed by the father-in-law in both these people, being the sons of Canaan and the sons of Shem. Yet, that was not the uh, precedent set by Abraham and seemingly Jethro did not perform the right and certainly not on his grandsons. It should also be noted that the uh, um, southwestern Arab circumcised in multiple or seven days from birth. The Muslims circumcised from two years of age onward, generally up to eight years in um, Kashgar and up to ten years in uh, Turkestan. Okay. Turks, circumcised yeah. between six and thirteen years. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me yeah. just quote. Exi Sorry. Let me quote Exodus four twenty five here. Uh, let's see, King James version. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, "Surely you are a husband of blood to me." Okay. So why did Moses want to do it? Very interesting question. Back to you. Yes. Um, next, then. It is only the sons of Ishmael among the Arabs that circumcise at the later age of 12 or 13 years. No Samite circumcised later than this age. The Sarah uh, Kodes of West Africa do likewise. And the uh, Mam Dingo of the South, uh, Sudan wait for between 12 and 14 years. The with and coast um, region of West Africa wait until 12 to 16 years and sometimes as late as 20. Thus, the circumcision practice among Semites also provides clues as to their origins. Most people assume Arabs are sons of Ishmael and circumcisions at 13 years of age, as shown above. However, this is very far from the truth. Only the ancient Egyptians circumcised at 14 years and the uh, Angadi uh, of the uh, Mursian River in Western Australia do likewise from four, 14 to 16 years. 
some South Australian tribes have adopted uh, to wait until uh, hairs appears on the face. Um, uh, Ishbak. Uh, Ishbak was the fifth son of Abraham by Keturah. His names mean he releases or he will leave. And um, apparently he uh, and his descendants settled in the lands uh, to the east of Canaan. However, very little else is known about this tribe from either the Bible or secular sources. Hastings Dictionary has this to say about Ishbak on page 501. Um, Detlish identifies it with an Ias book of the cuneiform inscriptions, where it is mentioned as land whose king was allied with um, Samgara, um, Shamgar, of um, Gargamis. That is and other against Asur Nasir Paul and Shalmaneser II. Okay, so maybe this tribe was absorbed into uh, Karkamish and Assyria? Probably what happened. Okay, back to you. Yes, and this may be correct, as the two subterranean sources use um, E.S. book uh, or E.O.S. book, uh, and that's uh, then a reference to in- Interpret Dictionary at uh, Ishbak, Volume 2, page 747. Okay. Um, Shua, also called um, Shuach, uh, this sixth and last of Keturah's sons has a name meaning variously wealth, or del, sink, incline. He was the progenitor of the um, uh, Shuites, the most notable of, of whom the uh, Bildad, son of uh, Shurach, and one of Job's um, comforters, and that is Job 2.11. Matthew Pole makes some interesting comments on this verse in Job. They were persons then eminent, uh, eminent for birth and quality, for wisdom and knowledge, and for the profession of true religion, being properly of the posterity of Abraham and akin to Job and living in the same country with him. And that's a commentary on the Holy Bible 1685, repaint by Banner of Truth, uh, Trust, London, 1962. Yeah, that's very good because I have always assumed, not knowing the origin of Job's friends, I had just had assumed that they were Chaldeans, but in this case we're, we're told that they're in fact of Keturah. They're Keturahites. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah, his friends were sometimes, weren't they? They weren't always that helpful to him. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were philosophers who criticized him. You know, they, they assumed because he was going, that Job was going through all this trouble that he must have done something horribly wrong, right? As most people assume, if you're going through hard times, uh, you must have done something wrong, right? So, but no, uh, we're constantly tested with hard times, no matter where we are. Back to you. Yes, he did. But he got uh-huh. everything back. Uh, yeah, double. he did. Yes, he did. As we will, eventually. Yes. 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 And he never cursed Yahweh either. Amen. Yeah, and even his wife, didn't his wife or women tell him to curse him almost? I think so, yeah, yes, his so-called friends, (laughs) right? 
Yeah, I remember that when I read when I'm reading uh, Jobs, his friend wasn't that helpful to him. No, they weren't. They weren't really uplifting to him. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah we have friends like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have that. You don't yeah. have that. You must be no. You must be a, such a sinner. You yeah, sinner right. Rape. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. For your sin. Yeah. yeah. And Shua's descendants were uh, also well known to the Assyrians, who ref- referred to them as uh, Shua, and described their land as being on the right bank of the Euphrates River, south of um, Karshemish, and between uh, Balik and Kabir River, and that's uh, Dilman Holsinger. Plotomimi calls the, the latter um, Kaboras, which is probably one of the two Sheba rivers referred to by Ezekiel, and that is Ezekiel 1.1. The name Shuite is Sarshuin um, in Greek. So, Sarkayan, if I could pronounce Sarkayan, I think is the uh, Greek pronunciation there. So, Shuite, Sarkayan. So, it's, it's interesting we have all of these Greek, uh, Arabic, and uh, you know, Hebrew and Aramaic sources you know, tying all these names together is very interesting. Yeah, back to you. Yes. Uh, let's continue. Yeah. The lineage of all six brothers is further extended in chapter 25 of the apocryphal and perhaps uh, spurious books of Jasher and includes several names not found in the Bible. According to Jasher, Keturah is said to have come from the land of Canaan and is therefore most likely descended from the patriarch Ham rather than Japheth. A view in line with Arabic opinion that she was a Cushite, also from Ham, but which it contradicts by most other authorities. Uh, in his Antiquities of the Jews, Eusebius claims that the descendants of Abraham by Keturah went into Arabia and into a land called uh, Troglodytes. Um, from which we get the term trog uh, lodiet, meaning yeah, tra- a tra- tra- troglodyte. Yeah, there's the the British rock band, the Trogs. <laughs> they took their they took their name from this word troglodyte, meaning cave dweller. Uh, yes. Okay. Troglodyte. Okay. Yes. Um, this is repeated in Book Two, Chapter Ten, where the main areas of habitations of various children of Abraham are given, according to Josephus, that he left to Ishmael and to his posterity the country of Arabia, as also to his sons by Keturah, Troglodytes, and to Isaac, Canaan. Um, uh, on that antiquity of Jews. Okay, the land of Canaan, but not necessarily a Canaanite. Okay, so uh, a daughter of Ham, but not necessarily a Canaanite. Okay, uh, trying to think, uh, but uh, the the prophecy that Abraham would be the father of many nations is really we're seeing how this prophecy has been fulfilled in Arabia among the uh, daughters of Keturah, sons of Keturah, right, which we never really investigated before. So. But uh, but the Jews are the, uh, claim they're the only descendants of uh, they're the only Shemites, right? Well, these people are Shemites because they're descendants of Abraham. Period. Yeah. Okay. And they are they are more wise to the Jews than what we are. That's right. 
<laughs> okay. But we, are, we, we maybe know, but much of our people are such a denial. Yes, absolutely. The Victorian explorer Richard Burton says that a race called the Benny Thamud were also described as um, uh, troglodytes, uh, the guard mines of Midian, Keegan, Paul and Company, London, 1874. Aha, that's a reference. <laughs> Uh, these may have uh, displaced the descendants of these sons of Keturah, or they may in fact have been descendants from them. And Josephus claimed that by the time of Isaac's wedding, Keturah's sons had moved away. Uh, according to Isaac married her, the inheritance uh, being now come to him, for the children of Keturah were gone to their own remote habitations. Yes, namely Arabia and uh, India, for sure, India. Okay. Uh, he doesn't really talk about uh, the sons of Keturah going to India so far in this document, which is interesting. Uh, I expected more connection to India uh, from this document, but not so far. Back to you. Yeah, we'll see if it, if it uh, comes a bit later here. Right. Um, the Victorian explorer Richard Burton says that a race called the Bernethamud were also described as uh, troglodytes. Uh, no, I've been there, sorry. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. This is confirmed somewhat by scripture, saying that only Ishmael and Isaac buried their father Abraham, and that is Genesis 25.9. Presumably, uh -huh. the sons of Keturah had already relocated elsewhere. Okay. Um, the Cad Cadmonites... There is another tribe of interest we are discussing possible uh, descents of um, uh, Keturah, um, the Cadmonites. Um, Hastings Dictionary has this to say about them. Cadmonites, um, Ewald, uh, in, uh, in History of Israel, and many f uh, following him regard the uh, Cadmonites um, as equivalent to the Ben Kedem, children of the East, descendants of Abraham by Keturah. And here is a lot of reference to Genesis 29.1, Judges 7.12, uh, 1 King 4.30, Job 1.3, uh, Isaiah 11.14, Jeremiah 49.28, Ezekiel 25.4 until 10. In the case, Cadmonite would be the designator uh, of no particular tribe, but the um, Keturian Arabs, as distinguished from the Ishmaelites. The children of the East are represented in the passage referred to as occupying Padamaram, associated with the Midianites and, and Amalekites, inhabitants Kedar, uh, neighbors and conquerors of the children of Ammon, coupled with the Egyptians in their fame for wisdom. Job is regarded as one of them. It seems better to regard the Cadmonites as a particular tribe, like the other nations named in this list, whether they are uh, to be viewed as a uh, branch uh, of the Ishmaelites or of the Keturian Arabs is not clear. And that is on page 831. Um, speculations that Job was a, a Cadmonite may be misplaced as he is listed in Genesis as being either the grandson or great-grandson of the patriarch um, Ishakar, son of Jacob. If he was also a Cadmonite, it could only be by associations with the Midianite and other sons of Keturah among whom he lived. 
Okay, so uh, we're again, we have a, a territorial name versus a genetic or descend, descendant name, and you can't get the two confused. With, but the, the Judeo-Christians always confuse them, right? To, to, to say that the Bible is not based on race. Back to you. Yeah, I have not heard that Job can have come from from Ishakar. No, neither have I. I because so. I thought now maybe I'm that uh, Job is the first book written, the right? First biblical book written, so that was before the time of yeah. of Jacob and his sons. Yeah, it was the time of Abraham. This is the time of yeah. Abraham's lifetime before the Israelites, you know, were born. So yeah, this is a confusing statement by the author. Yeah. Um, Building a list down as part of the Nephilim in oh. appendix. <laughs> he does? Oh, wow. Okay. Appendix the Cadmonites. Oh, okay. The Cadmonites, right. No, okay, so maybe the name Cadmonite stuck around and was applied to people uh, because they lived in the Cadmonite territory. Maybe that's what's going on here. Back to you. Yeah. Ruth the Moabitess, right? The term Moabite was still popular, even though there hadn't been any Moabites living in that territory for 200 years when Ruth lived there. Okay. Yeah, and this is from the Appendix 25 to the Companion Bible from Genesis okay. 15, 18 to 21. This view is quite incorrect, as the tribe mentioned are other tribes of the sons of Noah, and only one of the two are Nephilim. See okay. also the paper ne- Nephilim. Okay. okay. Uh, we well, can, they're always we lurking can. around, those Nephilim. <laughs> right? Yeah. Can't get rid uh, of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Luckily, they are a bit smaller now than they were before. Yeah, but they're still even more powerful today than ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we can, however, be sure that uh, um, Cadmonite be- became the area um, term rather than the specific tribal group. And the people there were absorbed into the sons of Abraham from the text in question. And the Nephilim were exterminated. Okay, very good. Uh, the land of Midian. In his second book, The Land of Midian, revised by um, C. Keegan Paul and Company, London, 1879, Burton estimates that Midianite territory at one time covered quite an extensive area. In the days of the ancient Midianites, the frontier uh, were so elastic that um, at times, but never for the uh, continuity, they embraced Sinai and were pushed forward even into central Palestine. Page 295. In Genesis 25, 25, we see that Abraham sent the sons of Hagar and Keturah away from Isaac, presumably in order not to confuse their inheritance. Yes. Yeah, so Uh, that they would not uh, take the inheritance away from Isaac. Not presumably. That is the reason why. (laughs) Back to you. Yeah. Genesis 25, 5 on to 6. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac, eastward to the east country. Uh, the same Hebrew word, uh, Kedem, is used for both eastward and east, which seems an unnecessary repetition, unless 
The latter, when combined with country, is intended to signify an unspecific ancient land. As Abraham was later buried at uh, Mamre, it could be um, speculated that he and his uh, offsprings were living near Hebron at the time, so that by sending them east, they would have to move in either a north an easterly or southern easterly direction to avoid the salt Dead Sea, which would have effectively sent them toward Ammon and Edom, respectively. Um, the Historian's History of the World, Volume 2, page 7, holds that Cushan uh, um, um, Rishathain of Judges 3, 8 and 11 was named for a tribe and was in fact a uh, and my light king, who uh, they identify with the um, um, Amalekites and Edomites, who were dominating in northern Arabia at the time. The domination was um, finished by aid of the friendly clan of um, Kenesites. Mm-hmm. Kenesites, yeah. So, yeah, it's unclear. I think when, uh, when Abraham sent them east, it was to Arabia and India. You know, not because uh, the Edomites, unless he's saying that the Edomites uh, had a lot greater territory at the time. Maybe that's what the, the author is trying to say. All right. Back to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, In certainly. The, Toronto, yeah, certainly the Hittites uh, live further north. Right. And uh, they basically dominated all of Turkey, most of Turkey at that time. Back to you. Yes, so in First Chronicles 1.46, we also see Midian being defeated in the land of Moab. Hence, there was great uh, uh, fluidity of movement and perhaps some overlapping in the tribal areas. It is said of, of Hadad, the Edomite, that he arose out of Midian. And that is from First Kings 11.18. Okay. And may therefore have been much later and perhaps as a result of tribal overcrowding to the east of Jordan, that at least one of the um, Keturan tribes, Midian, relocated directly south toward the Red Sea. Okay. Uh, the land loosely referred to as Midian in Bible atlases extends for up to 200 miles in the coastal strip alongside the Gulf of um, uh, Aquaba and the Red Sea and varies between 24 and 70 miles. 40 to 110 kilometers in depth. Yeah. Okay, so what we're seeing here is that the sons of Keturah uh, pretty much inhabited all of Arabia, <laughs> right? Uh, and, uh, and parts north, south, and east. Okay, back to you. Yes, yes. Um, and the land loosely referred to as Midian in Bible at Oh, sorry. Burton and his party took many geological samples from the land of Midian, which was found to be very rich in minerals and in um, turquoise stones. When analyzed, the samples were uh, found in, uh, to contain gold, silver, copper, iron, lead. And that's from number 31 to 22, as well as zinc, wolf, wolfram, tungsten, um, antimony, and titanium ores. Burton also maintained there were vast iron ore deposits um, to be found in the area, extensive remains of industrial activity, such as gold excavation um, were noted. 
by him. In fact, it appears that the Egyptians had operated gold mines and smelters in the area for centuries. Okay. Ptolemy mm -hmm. locates uh, Modena on the eastern shores of the Red Sea, i.e. the Gulf of uh, Aqaba. He also refers to, the, uh, to another city, uh, Modiam, but this is situated inland in northern Midian. Apparently, Modians was second only in importance to uh, Petra, which Petra. was Petra, yeah. Uh, yeah, which was described as being Pharaoh's treasury at one time. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, because Egypt had dominated an entire area for for long periods. Yeah, yeah, the ancient pre-Islamic um, cities uh, of uh, Madian is now. Uh, Maga ir Shurib uh, from the Arabic name of for Jethro. Oh. Although local traditions during Ea Palmer's explorations of the area identified the city of Midian, uh, Madian, with the extensive ruins of El uh, Midian, about three days distance from Mecca. Okay, so not far from Mecca at all. All right. Okay, so here is Sons of Midian. Median was the father of five sons, Epath, Efer, Henoch, Shanoch, Abida, and Elda. No further language are mentioned in the Bible. However, the book of Jasher adds numerous sons produced by these five grandsons of Abraham. Epath, meaning darkness or gloomy, was the father of the tribes, which settled in the northwest uh, of the Arabian Peninsula, roughly in modern um, Guafa, southwest of Tebuk. The Babylonian king Tiglath-Pilsner III calls this tribe the um, Ayapa, or the uh, Kayapa Arabs, as noted above. The last known reference to them is found in the inscriptions dated to circa 715 BC in the times of Sargon II. Another epa is also mentioned twice in the genealogical records of the tribe of Judah, and that is from 1 Chronicles 2, 46 and 47. And okay, yeah, that would be a, a completely different person. Yeah, back to you. Yes. Um, Efer, meaning a calf, was the second son of Midian and was known to the Arabs as uh, Ofer. His descendants in turn were called the uh, Aparu, as inscriptions from the time of King um, Asurbanipal or Assyria shown. Then an Ephrite city of uh, Gaifer close to Midian still carries the name uh, of its founder. As with Ephes above, the name Efer appears in the genealogical of Judah, and that is First Chronicles 4.17, as well as among the half-tribe of Manasseh across the Jordan in First Chronicles 5.24. Uh, Hanoch uh, has the notable meaning of dedica uh, dedicated uh, or God's followers. He was uh, purported to be the father of the Kenites, who were uh, famed metal workers or Smith. These tribes originally settled in the southwest region beside the Gulf of Aqua. Okay, so here's the uh, dual definition of the word Kenite. Uh, 
It means uh, originally in the Old Testament, way back in the days of Adam and Eve, uh, sons of Cain, so a descendant of Cain. But here we see the word Kenite is being applied to metal workers of different of different races of different tribes. Back to you. Yeah, but then you have also we had um, Tubal Cain from Cain that also right. was a metal worker. He he was the first smith, <laughs> right? Tubal Cain, yes. But they're yeah. not; these people are not descendants of Cain. They're as we see, they are descendants of Abraham. Yes. Okay. Um, Abida, meaning my father knows or fathers of knowledge, was the fourth son of Midian in Yemen at the southwest foot of the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, there are uh, Midian inscriptions of circa 9th century BC which refer to these people as the Abiyadi. Um, Elda, meaning God has known or called of God, was the pro- progenitor of um, tribes referred to as Yadail in ancient uh, Sabian inscriptions, as with their brother tribe. They apparently settled in the area of southeastern Arabia, now modern Yemen. Wow. Okay. So that really encompasses the entire Arabian you know, peninsula. All right. All, of, all the way north, all the way south. So the, uh, the critical lesson here is all these people were white. They were Adamites and descendants of Abraham. Okay. Originally, that's what they were, until around 600 A.D. with the appearance of Islam, and that's when the race mixing began. Back to you. Yes. So, let's continue. The early Midianites, Josephus Antiquity of the Jews, Book book, uh, 2nd, Book (laughs) 2, Chapter 11, described Moses' introduction to Midian and expands a little upon the text in Exodus 2. According to Eusephus, the Midianites were cattle herders in accordance with the biblical account in Judges 6. They are uh, uh, mentioned in the Bible as being allied with the Moabites against Israel. And that is from Genesis 36, 35, Numbers 22, 1, uh, 25-1. And perhaps with the Ammonites as well. And that is Joshua 13, 21. And... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The first recorded contact between the Israelites and Midianites is noted in Genesis 37. Genesis 37, 23 to 28 uh, and 36. So, when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and cast him into the pit. The pit was empty, where was no water in it. Uh, they then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a, a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing, um, bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Uh, then Judah said to his brother, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brother heeded him. Then Midianite uh, traders passed by, and they draw Joseph up, and lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites <laughs> for 20 shekels of silver. Okay. Yeah, so... Took 
Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you have these three different uh, groups of people uh, clearly distinguished here in this passage of Scripture. Okay, very good. The Ishmaelites, Midianites, uh, and obviously the Ishmaelites and the Midianites were not the same people. It's very clear from this uh, discussion. Back to you. Yeah, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Nevertheless, they're all descendants of Abraham, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, the Midianites uh, had sold him to Egypt to uh, put Ipar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Yeah, and this 20 shekels of silver, isn't that, this is the kind of the normal, this 20 um, uh, shekels of silver. Yeah, uh, I can't say, can't say. Uh, Jesus got 30 shekels, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it was uh, uh, Judas uh, was offered 30 shekels for Jesus, right? <laughs> for betraying Jesus. So who knows yeah. what the going rate was in those days for a slave? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we see here an apparent contradiction in the uh, Mid- uh, Midianites are referred to as Ishmaelites. Uh, there are two different Hebrew words used for Midianite in the text. The term used for the merchants in Genesis 37:28 is uh, Midianai, um, which is a native of the land of Midian. In Genesis 37:36, we see that the Midianites sold him to Egypt. This is a version of the Midianite according to Strong, but may well be another of the sons of Keturah, uh, of the Medai, uh, or sons of Medan. Numbers 25, 17, okay. and 31, uh, 2, 3. Both use, use um, yeah, this, uh, this, this is word. a strong record, re- reference, I think. Yeah, re- referring to Midianites, yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, I don't see the confusion here. It's obvious to me that the Ishmaelites, being the sons of Hagar, uh, were in that territory, and the Midianites were apparently uh, in a caravan coming from further east going to Egypt. So I don't see any confusion here at all. There are two, two separate people. There are Ishmaelites, descended from Hagar, and Midianites, descended from Keturah. Back to you. Yeah, both are though from from Abraham. Right. However, in every other instance of the Old Testament text, the use of the word translated as Midianite in 4080, which refers to Midian him, himself, the son of Abraham, we can thus assume that the caravan that took Joseph to Egypt was made up of people dwelling in the land of Midian, which included Ishmaelites and also perhaps Midianites. Okay. By the time of Joseph, yeah. Uh, by the time of Joseph and the other tribal patriarchs, we see the intermixing of two main branches of the Arabs referred to above: the sons of Keturah, regarded as the pure Arabs, and the sons of Ishmael, regarded as the Arabized Arabs. Uh-huh. Arabized Arabs. <laughs> These, with the ancient Arab tribes now um, disappearing, and the Am- Amorites, maybe ancient. Hyksos, we see later in Egyptian history in the Nile Delta. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So those are the Hyksos, those Arabs. Yeah, very likely. Very good. Because, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people confuse the Hyksos with the Israelites, but they're not Israelites. Uh, that preceded, the Hyksos era preceded the Israelite uh, movement into Egypt. Back to you. 
Yes, the people of Midian are mentioned many times in um, in the Quran, and several surah highlights the disaster that befell them after rejection of the messengers, both uh, angelic and human, sent by God. The person um, Shueb here is Jethro, priest of Midian, and Moses' father-in-law. Midian is mentioned in the following uh, surah. And I won't read them all there. No, no, too many. Yeah, and here is though a reference from the um, Surah 22:42 and 44:54. And uh, if they deny um, thee, Muhammad, even so the folk of Noah and the tribes of uh, Ad, the Thamud, before thee denied our messenger, and the folk of Abraham and the folk of Lot and the dwellers in Midian. And Moses was denied, but I indulged the uh, disbelievers to uh, a long while. Then I seized them, and how terrible was my uh, abhorrence, and that um, those who have been given knowledge may know that it is the truth from the Lord, so that they may believe therein, and their hearts may submit humble unto him, lo, Allah verily is guiding those who believe onto a right path. So it's evident that uh, Muhammad was in fact a, a son of Keturah. Right? Uh, maybe his, what, what, the contention, strife, there's a lot of the names of Keturah's sons refer to contention and strife. There we are. Yeah. And reading this text from the Quran is kind of, I don't know, kind of tricky to read, I think. Yeah. I don't know if the translation makes it hard for me, but the Bible is much more much more easier to read for me. Yeah, right. Well, it's yeah because it's Allah. You know, so how they uh, how they devolved down to Allah and got away from Yahweh is a good uh, good question. But obviously, the Jethro was a believer in Yahweh. So, uh, but uh, we also know that paganization of these tribes occurred very frequently, just as it did among the Israelites before their, you know, deportation into Europe. Okay, back to you. Yeah, thank you. We see here that those inhabitants Midian had been given the true teaching of God at some at one time. Yes. Surah 11 makes an interesting comment concerning the Midianites. Now hath an evident demonstra demonstration came unto uh, from you, from your Lord. Therefore, give full measures and just weight, and diminish not unto men aught of their matters. Neither act corruptly in the in the earth after its reformation. This will be better for you if you believe. Uh, at best, not every way threatening the pa uh, passengers. And turning aside from the path of God, him who believes in him and seeking to make it crooked. And remember, uh, when ye are few and God multiply you, and behold, um, what hath been the end of those who acted corruptly. Well, this sounds like a passage from Jeremiah, <laughs> right? When the Israelites corrupted themselves, right? We have the same story among the peoples of you know, the Levant and Arabia, okay, all corrupting themselves in various ways. So, yeah, so it is suggesting that they did originally have the truth, as you would expect from the descendants of Abraham. Yes, 
And here also they refer to the give, give fall measures and just wait. Yes. Yeah. So no usury. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, although it is difficult to know whether the prophet speaking to the original Midianites or to the Ishmaelites or a combination of the two tribes, it appears that the distinctive future of some known as Midianite, uh, as they are merchants or traders, or uh, of their crimes was in deceitful business practice in that they used two different kinds of weights and measures, buying by um, buying by one and selling by the other. And that I won't even try to read. Uh, the above injunction in the Quran to deal only in lawful and just weights and measures echoes that in the Bible. And that is from Leviticus, Leviticus 19.36, Proverbs 20 and 10. In Genesis, the Midianites are similarly portrayed as traders, Genesis 37, uh, whereas in Exodus, they are noted as being um, uh, pastoralists, um, that is Exodus 2, um, in addition to Kenites as a sub-tribe of uh, Midianites, as seen as metalsmith from their very names. Uh, the Midianites were to, uh, to prove a troublesome people to Israel, and God used them purposely to punish the Israelites who were forced at time to become cave dwellers, um, tragolites like the Kenites. And this is Judges 6, 1 until 2 and 6. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed over Israel, and because the Midian of the people of Israel made for themselves the dens uh, which are in the m mountains and the caves uh, and the strongholds. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. Uh-huh. Okay. That was Yahweh's punishment, using the Midianites to punish Israel. Yeah. And now he uses the Edomite Jews. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're a problem for everybody. Oh, yeah. Also, the, also the Arabs. Yes. Uh, princess and king of Midian. As recorded in number 31 um, and 1. However, shortly before his death, Moses was told to take vengeance on the Midianites for the, uh, the children of Israel. All the male Midianites and mo most of their females were killed, including their five kings, Evi, Rechem, Sur, Hur and Reba. The Midianites were very rich in livestock, as the booty taken from them showed 675,000 sheep, uh, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, um, and that is verses 32 to 34. They also possessed much gold, as the portion of plunder that the Israelites offered to the Lord amounted to 16,750 shekels in the form of fashioned ornaments, such as uh, uh, armlets, bra bracelets, um, signet rings, earrings, and necklaces. Verse 52. The text in Joshua 13.21 also mentions the prices uh, of Midian, name, the, namely... The, the princes of uh, Midian. Yeah, princes, yeah, yeah. of Midian. Namely, Evi, Rechem, Sur, Hur, and Reba, who are, uh, are called kings. In number 31. Joshua 13, 21, that, that is, 
all the um, cities of the uh, tableland and all the kingdom of um, uh, Shion, the king of the Am- uh, Amorites who um, reigned in Heshbon, whose Moses defeated with the leaders of Midian, Evi and Rechem, and Sur and Hur and Reba, the princes of um, Shion who dwelt in the land. Um, Josephus claims that the second of uh, these kings, uh, or uh, sheikhs, Rechem, gave his name to the most um, conspicuous city among the Arabs, called to our day uh, under every king, uh, are Siema, El Rechem, and by the Greeks, Petra. And that is from the Antiquitous Jews, and that is book, yeah. Uh, Petra was the chief, uh, chief city and capital of all Arabia, called in Hebrew, ha Sela, the cliff. Very and interesting. Like, yeah, because that was not very far from Edom at all. In fact, the Edomites dwelt in that city for quite some time as well. As well. All right, back to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the telling comment of the Bible text was who dwelt in the land. And thus, we are dealing with the Midianites that dwelt in the land there. The Midianites stretched along the coast uh, for 200 miles, and the army uh, that was defeated was uh, not all uh, of the Arabian forces and families of Midian, but those mustered there, and the families from Pietra living there. Uh, Sur and Midian was uh, the father um, of Princess um, uh, Cosby, the one who consorted uh, provocately with the uh, prince of Israel. Both were killed by um, uh, Phineas, the righteous indignation, uh-huh. and in so doing, he turned away God's wrath. God subsequently blessed uh, uh, Pinyach uh, uh, for his decisive action on belief of Israel. And that is from Numbers 25, yeah. 11, yeah. 15. Yeah, on behalf and, of Israel. On behalf, so Phineas, so Cosby, he's saying, was uh, a descendant of Zur of Midian. Very interesting, okay? So, but uh, now the interesting thing is here that they're the same race. You know, the Midianites and the Ishmaelites and Israelites were all of the same race. So intermarriage was approved among them, except it, when there's, uh, what do you call it, uh, Canaanite Baal worship going on among them, which uh, tended to pervert their seed, <laughs> right? And uh, they practiced uh, really uh, awful practices that made them un- unsuitable for intermarriage, okay? So, uh, but they, nevertheless, there were, at times they were friendly toward one another, and other times they were warlike against each other. Back to you. Yeah, and it was Phineas. I had a hard yeah. time to pronounce the name, but it was Phineas. Yeah, I mean, he did murder that, what was he killed, uh, yeah. that um, that Israelite that had a Midianite woman with him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, verse 5 says, Sur was head over a people and a chief house of Midian. The other princes of Midianites, Oreb, meaning Raven, and Seb, wolf, are mentioned in Judges 7.25. They were killed by um, Ephraimites after being uh, uh, pursued by uh, Gibeon and other Israelite warriors. Uh, Judges 7.25, and they took the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Seb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Seb they killed at the winepresses of Seb. 
as they pursued Midian, and they brought the heads of Ureb and Seb to Gideon, beyond the Jordan. Yeah, and, and we could say generally all of the wars in, in that ancient territory, Mesopotamia, were among, primarily among kinsmen, you know, descendants of uh, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and uh, also now we see a lot of them were actually descendants of Abraham, having internecine wars against each other. You know, so uh, again, these were all white people having uh, having wars against one another. Back to you. Yes. There are also two kings of Midian mentioned in Judges 8, 5, namely Seba and um, Salmona, meaning sacrificed and deprived of protection, respectively, who had tried to invade Palestine but were defeated by Gibeon. Okay, very Thus, good. And that is, is it that Seba, the one that is in Psalms 83? Uh, I don't know if that's a reference to Sheba or Zeba. It, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a reference to that. Uh, that uh, yeah. Okay. Um, thus, Median occupied territory from the lands of Edom along the coast of Arabia, south and east from Aqua uh, for two hundred miles. Other sub tribes were linked to them. Now I must have a look first if I can find find the one because that's the the imperatory prayer. Yeah. Um, well, if you so want to look for that? Uh, I'll read the next yeah, section. Yeah, I'm doing while... that immediately. I'm doing yeah. that immediately. Okay. Psalm 83. Okay. Uh, the tents of Edom, Gebal and Ammon, Amalek. Let's see. Uh, due to them as, yeah, it is 83, I think here, it's from 83.9. We can can read. 83.9. Due to them as Midian, as to Sisera, as to Jabin, at the word Kishon, who perished Endor, who became as dung for the ground, made their nobles like Oreb and like Seb, and all the princes like Seb and Salmuna. Okay. So I guess right. that's the reference to people here. Yes. Okay. So there are Midianites that uh, David is talking about Midianites in that passage. Very good. Yes. Uh, thus, Midian occupied territory from the lands of Edom along the coast of Arabia, south and east from uh, Okay, I read that. Sorry. So let's see. Four minutes left. Yeah, early Midianite religions, very short section. I think we could squeeze this in, Michael. Yeah. Uh, Werner Keller in the Bible as History, Holden and uh, uh, Stoshon uh, LTD, Bantam Rev edition, New York, 1982, briefly touched on some aspects of the Midianite religious system. The Israelites are supposed to owe the strange cult of the brazen serpent to Reul, okay, Jethro. It is not without a touch of dramatic effect that we note that it was an archaeological site showing signs of Midianite uh, occupation that Benno Rothenberg found an idol in the form of, of a brazen serpent five inches in length and partly decorated with gold. This small bronze serpent was found in the Holy of Holies of the Tabernacle. It was found on the site of the of an old, older Egyptian place of worship dedicated to the go, to the goddess uh, Hathor. The Midianites who followed the Egyptians were mining coppers uh, on their own account at um, Timna, um, converted this place of worship into a shrine of their own religion. Okay. That is from page 174 to 8. 
And that serpent sounds like something from uh, the Edomites. Weren't uh, Jethro a place for the Edomites? Yeah, well, the serpent symbol, symbolism uh, always uh, refers to the seed of Cade, right? So uh, maybe there was uh, some cohabitation with the Edomites and Midianites in such places. Not sure. But uh, also the, the serpent uh, has a uh, metaphoric significance too. So it's not always a direct reference to the seed of Cade. Back to you. Yes, the last here sentence for today, Dennis. Yeah. The fact that Abraham instructed all his sons in the worship of the one true God makes it hardly surprising that monotheism mono, uh, and the worship of uh, Yahweh, of hosts, was found among them. That they all slipped from the face is a matter of record. Very good. <laughs> That's an excellent comment right there. All right, folks, so uh, this is uh, so far so good. This uh, document does not refer at this point to the Indo-Aryans, uh, the uh, sons of Keturah going all the way to India. Uh, we'll have to uh, scour this document uh, to see where it leads, and if it goes to India, that will be very good. We'll see, how, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, a very good job, Michael, and uh, I think this really clarifies the fact that all of Arabia, so-called, the Mesopotamian area, was inhabited by white people during these times and by no other races uh, except maybe uh, p people passing through. So this is something most people don't understand about Arabia and Mesopotamia that was inhabited by white people almost exclusively. Okay? Thank you, Michael. Thank you all for listening. Praise Yahweh, past ammunition. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. God bless you all. Goodbye for now.